welcome, welcome back. Hey, buddy, here with my good friends Sean and Tyler. We're get started here. Fantasy Fat Show. Oh, yeah. Hello there. Welcome to the different formatted Fantasy Faps. We are live and in person, all three of us together. One room for the first time. Today is our League of Record draft review. To my right is Sean, and to his right is Tyler. And in front of us is our glorious draft board. Yes, and for you guys that don't know, this past Saturday was draft day, um, where we hold our League of Records, and then we also do our auction that we talked about last week. Um... As we kind of discussed, no one really knew their positions. They just knew what divisions they were a part of. So Marty and myself, we were in picks one through four. Tyler was through picks five through eight, and then nine through 12 were other individuals in our league of records. So today we're going to be reviewing our draft. We did take a video, which you guys are going to be watching as we go over this. Um, our draft was 15 rounds, as you guys discussed. I'll introduce, let Tyler kind of talk about our format for our league, so you guys aren't questioning everything. But Tyler, introduce kind of our league again real quickly and talk about our format and kind of scoring as it relates. All right, so we are fairly standard today. We have one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end flex, kicker defense. Um, we are a half-point PPR. We do give bonuses for 300 passing yards, 100 rushing and receiving, uh, along with... Distance touchdowns for all positions. Uh, there is a 40-yard, 60-yard, 80-yard threshold. The more distance, the more points. So we do have a quite high-scoring league. Yeah, I feel like other than the distance for the touchdowns, we are like the new standard. I feel like nobody really runs like a true standard anymore. So I feel like that's kind of like what sets us apart from the new standard. Yep, yep. And we definitely joined that bandwagon not too long ago, and it's good yep. to be here. That half point PPR. So when we pulled our numbers, I was given pick two. Marty was pick four, and Tyler ended up being pick five. So all of us in the first half of the draft. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of review our picks as they came along, what we are thinking about. We'll kind of talk about our strategy, and we'll also talk about some of our favorites and maybe least favorites of the draft. Um, so I will kick us off. As I mentioned, I was pick two, and as expected, our first overall pick. Went with Christian McCaffrey. Not much thinking behind that one. Um, me at number two, as I mentioned, my big thing is I wanted to be inside the top three so I could get one of the big three running backs. Here, I'm choosing between Barkley and Elliott. Homer. But, you know, my homerism came out a little bit. Um, again, I don't think you can really go wrong here. I will say Elliott, um, even with a down year in last year, he did hold out some of the training camp. You know, this year he's got a full training camp under his belt again. New, co new coach, um, same coordinator, so I went with Elliott at pick two. At pick three, we had Barkley go, so the big three were off the board, and that left Marty with pick four. Yeah, um, I kind of declared what I was going to do. Didn't know if I was going to stay true to it. I had a 25% chance of getting this pick, and sure enough, it came out. So, obviously, you're thinking Kamari, you're thinking Henry, um, Dalvin, but... I went with the man that I said I was going to take, and that was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think you add that kind of talent to that kind of offense where you've seen running backs of lesser talent have incredible stat lines for games, 
And I just think the sky is the limit for this man. I think double-digit touchdowns, and I think he doesn't need, you know, I think 14 carries and, you know, four to like four catches a week, and I think that just, that just a job, three, four catches a week. And I think that gets him into the double digits, touchdowns-wise. Yard-wise, it's going to be ultra-effective. You're never going to see an eight-man box as long as you have Tyreek and Kelsey and Hardman and all those men. As long as Mahomes is under center, I think Edwards Hilaire is going to have the absolute world at his fingertips. So I went with the rookie there. Leaving Tyler at five, who I know he was foaming at the mouth, walking <laughs> up to that board for his so, selection. So our draft was Saturday. So this was before a lot of uh, the breaking news of Kamara was this holdout, is that for Donald, yeah. and everything else. But um, that is starting to clear now, but I was very excited draft day to get Kamara. I like his upside, uh, his passing floor, along with his rushing floor, and I think there's going to be a lot of positive regression coming this year compared to last year. I think you might see a bit of in-between his 2018 season and his 2019 season, which is pretty What was that, 18 touchdowns, and then what, last year, three? Last year, it's six. Six? Okay, yeah. Yeah, the previous year, 18. So I think think you're going to see about halfway between that. So you might see between 10 and 12 touchdowns. Uh, Pretty optimistic. Was very excited to get him there at pick five. Yeah. Um, so after I took Kamara at the 105, it went six, Dalvin Cook, seven, Michael Thomas, eight, Derrick Henry, nine, Miles Sanders, ten, Devontae Adams, eleven, Josh Jacobs, twelve, Joe Mixon. So we saw ten running backs come off the board in the first round. That's Two receivers, which isn't really surprising as we yeah. kind of got closer to the season. We saw, we knew the trend this year was going to be running back. So that zero RB strategy may not have panned out, but we do see Thomas at 107. I mean, that's great value for Thomas. And then we see Devontae Adams, you know, if he gets right back on the page, um, he's going to have a season. So rounded out with Jacobs and Mixon. And then as our snake format continues, uh, we went Drake, Jones, Julio, Nick Chubbs, Eckler, Tyreek Hill, and then we see our first quarterback come up the board at 2-6, or technically 2-7, and that would be Patrick Mahomes. Now, Tyler, I don't know what your thought process going into it. I don't know if you had the next man up the board, but we see right now four receivers come off the board, so depending on your rankings, you may have had Hopkins or Godwin um, in that five spot. You definitely probably had Mahomes as your number one, but at that point where you kind of, you know, just going to take the next man available, the best man up, or where you kind of had a strategy built in coming into the draft where you wanted to go running back receiver or running back running back? I definitely preferred to go running back running back. Uh, it wasn't a set strategy. But now when it's coming back to my pick here around two, only four receivers have gone off the board at this point. So there's still crazy amounts of depth there. So while... I would like to take someone like Godwin here. He was definitely one of the targets I liked in the second. I'd prefer to take Todd Gurley and his upside here. Which you did. Which I did. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, as far as a running back pick here, I was between Todd Gurley and Chris Carson. Uh, I went with the upside. While I like Chris Carson, I think 
Todd Gurley has um, more potential in that Atlanta offense with his also his uh, catching floor, along with his rushing floor and the lack of depth that Atlanta has in that offense. So uh, I didn't want to pass that up there. Uh, I figured another receiver would fall. So I took Todd Gurley there at the 207, uh, and then Marty was up next. Yeah, I was... I was in the same boat you were. knew I want knew I wanted running back, but got thrown that monkey wrench of seeing Godwin and Hopkins, and just thinking, okay, do I change up what I want to do because of who fell, or do I play the game of I know my league, and I know the potential of yeah, it's only what five six picks between my next pick, but that. If if you sit there and wait on a if you wait on a position for those six picks, and you get the unlucky straw, and four of those picks are running backs, that's a game changer. So I also went running back and chose David Johnson here. I was torn between David Johnson and James Conner. Again, kind of did the the Tyler thing, took the upside. You know, I don't think Houston makes that trade for David Johnson if they don't really have. A plan to get him the mix. All the word out of training camp, this man's been killing it. It was not easy to pass with Godwin and Hopkins, but as Tyler also alluded to, only having four receivers go before these picks is leaving tons of value on the board. So I can definitely address receiver in the next pick and not be sacrificing much value. So I did go David Johnson. Um, next pick after me. Went DeAndre Hopkins, so we already see one of those receivers go. And then Sean is back on the clock at pick 211. So I see at this point, I see how the league's panning out, and I'm not loving the running backs that are left. Um, they both mentioned two running backs that I did have on my board. But at the 211 pick, you know, I really was torn between, and I was really hoping Hopkins would have made it to me, so I would have solidified my RB1. But looking at the value left, I decided to go into a high-powered offense, as we all talked about, with Marty taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I went down the route of taking the best overall tight end and kind of having an advantage going into week every single week with Travis Kelsey. Um, so I lock in Travis Kelsey. I mean, I've had him, I think, the past, I think, two out of the past, like, three years. Yeah. Last year, I didn't have him. So I know what he offers. I know what he brings. I mean, again, he's by far, in my opinion, the one uh, tight end. And I'm also thinking that there's going to be a solid receiver that comes back the only way. So I take Kelsey, I lock him in, because our first pick has always been a, a person that really gives no fucks and truly throws a dart. Yeah. Um, so I really had no idea who he didn't or who he wanted, per se. So I locked in Kelsey, and then he finishes the round like taking Kenny Golly. So he takes, I'm assuming, his best receiver off the board. So in round two, again, we see four receivers. We see six running backs a tight end, and a quarterback. So we're starting a little see a little more variation in round two, but definitely you're still seeing a common trend, and that's going to be those running backs flying off the board. Um, we start round three, and Mark takes the next best available quarterback, which is going to be Lamar Jackson. Again, me personally, I didn't have Lamar um, that high in round third, but I guess if he's your guy, if he's your number one, he's not making it back to you in any sense, in any role. You so, can't argue the Jackson. Yes, the dude was electric last year, and I mean, it wasn't like he was—he he was just—he was unreal. So you even take that back to what were we 
we saying, Tyler, you take that back to 800 yards? Yeah. And that's still an insane amount of value you're getting out of Lamar Jackson. Well, I still didn't. I I still don't expect him to repeat the passing numbers along with the rushing numbers. You know, if if you're on the if you're on the right side of him, you got to take him there, and you got to be excited to get him in the third round. Yep. So he takes Lamar, and this is going to be the pick where I'm going to say either Sean, here you are being a genius <laughs> again, or here you are, Sean, thinking you're too smart for fantasy football. Taekwon. So, you know, Taekwon Underwood all over again. Um, so, I'm sitting there at 3-2. I mean, technically, uh, what's well, yeah, 3-2. And I've got the decision. Um, Chris Godwin, who many people have had ranked as high as our, I mean, receiver number four. Or the guy that I've been talking about for so long because I didn't think Godwin was going to make it to me. Um, and that would be Adam Thielen. Um, I think in that Vikings offense, he could truly be dominant. And my only knock on Godwin is we all saw his breakout year last year coming. But this year with a new quarterback and a lot new weapons, many new weapons, and him not even playing the Scott with uh, the slot with Scott Miller there, we really don't know what his role is going to be. Now again, I'm going to tell you this right now, this is going to be either the too smart or too dumb pick. And mm-hmm. I decided to go with Adam Thielen. Just you good. Uh, because it was part of my gut. So right now my team's forming as a running back a tight end, and a receiver, and I let Godwin pass, and I know I'm going to get heat for that, but I'm hoping Thielen will outperform Godwin this year. So Godwin is immediately taken off the board, so Pete is sitting at Saquon, Hopkins, and Godwin, which is a very nice start. And Marty's sitting there, and I think Marty actually just so happened to say that in round two, he was deciding between two running backs. He went with David Johnson, and sure enough, the other guy he was deciding between Yes, Connor is still on the board. So, Marty, what was your thought process? Did you want to take your guy, or did you want to, you know, maybe go down a different road? Yeah, so I was, in round two, I was considering Godwin. I went against it and was chomping at the bit to get him in round three. Um, It did not happen as he went in round three, pick three. Right before me, he went. I was not upset, though, because I was torn between Godwin and a running back by the name of James Connor who I was also considering the second, got him in the third. So, yeah, I didn't get my wide receiver one that I was hoping, but good consolation. I will take my flex being James Conner, who I have a high upside. I think I have him ranked at running back 14, I believe, coming into the season. So, you know, not too disappointing with that. And, you know, just as we said, I was considering Conner in round two, I know Tyler was considering another running back in round two when he took Gurley. So, stage was set for Tyler to do a similar pick as me. Yes. Um, so, as I said back in round two, uh, I was between Gurley, Godwin, and Carson. And here's Carson. Yeah. roll into my lap. Yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't say no here. I mean... He's had nine touchdowns back-to-back years. He's averaging about 1,200 yards on the ground. Yeah. Um, I just think he is a floor play. Um, I, I had him last year. So. He's a great flex. Definitely a great yes. flex. Yes, he should be someone's <laughs> mid to high end, too. And I got him as my flex. So, If you knew he was going to make it back to you, would you have taken DeAndre or Godwin in round two? Okay, you'd stay, so you you play because, him as a flex okay. because of how I was hoping that my eventual fourth pick would fall to me. Okay, even nice. though I, I wasn't yeah. locked in, 
I just I believe that there was a good chance he would fall. Okay. Nice. Um, so yeah, I had to lock in Chris Carson at the uh, three oh five. So then, reminder: our draft was Saturday. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. With uh, the three oh six, went Leonard Fournette. Seven was Le'Veon Bell. Eight was Kittle. Nine was Jonathan Taylor. Your boy. Yep. Did not make it back around. I don't think I would have taken him because I had three backs already, but still. Uh, Ten went Melvin Gordon. Eleven went Amari Cooper. And twelve to round out the round went DJ Moore. So again, looking at this round, we see six running backs come off the board, still dominating this round. We only see four receivers come off the board. So through three rounds... We only have a grand total of 10 receivers off the board, but we have, what, 22 running backs come off. Mm-hmm. So 10 receivers, 22 running backs. So you're seeing how our draft is playing out. Um, going into this round right now, we have three, excuse me, four, five teams with only one running back. Uh, we see three teams with three running backs, and then the rest obviously with two. So we've, we're having an interesting round so far. We're having an interesting round so far. We're only through three. And, you know, this is where things, again, continue to go a little bit interesting. Um, We see DJ Moore come off the board to start round, the end round three. Coming off the board next, we see Allen Robinson, Ronald Jones, Mark Ingram, Mike Evans, Juju, Raheem Moster, and Cooper Cup. Now, to me, in this round, I think this is where a lot of people's strategy starts to change from what they went into the draft. And that's the big point here, as we always like to talk about, is you never want to get stuck on a strategy, right? You never want to tie yourself to a strategy, because when things like this happen, and I'm specifically talking about Raheem Mostert going in the fourth round. Raheem Mostert, I believe his ADP is probably closer to, what, 54 through 58? So you're talking about end of round five, maybe? So when you start to see these guys go off the board, you're really starting to see how low that actual depth is at running back now. All right, so now that we saw Mostert and, you know, our running backs start to get a little bit more depleted, Tyler, you were up in round four, and you've already selected three running backs, so we kind of have an idea of where you're going, but let's talk about your next player off the board and and who that was. Well, first, I'm praising Jesus that I went through running backs. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting (laughs) ugly. It's getting very ugly. Ugly fast. Huge choices. For guys that you need to go into week one relying on. And, you know, as I mentioned before, after I took Carson, I had a target in mind that I was hoping make it. Now, don't get me wrong, there were some other guys still left that could have made it back. I doubted it, but, I mean, I would have loved to have Cooper, Moore, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, Schuster, um, all falling back to me. Uh, obviously, they got taken before me, but my... Target that I realistically thought was going to make it to me was Robert Woods. Now talk about a guy in the fourth round that could be a number one receiver. Yeah, the could be the number one if he just has one of those years like a, I don't want to say a fluke year, but let's just say his TD rate just hits like that of Cooper Cup for one year. I mean, like if he gets six, I'm 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 super happy. If he yeah. gets anything above that, yeah, I mean that's just really pushy because I mean you're talking about a guy that has a hundred. 40 targets every year, just about. I think he was 130, and then last year was 139. Like, yeah. That's that's crazy. So, I mean, his reception floor is probably about 90 catches. I floor. Mean, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was ecstatic to, to have yeah. what's my number one after going three RBs. So, 
Uh, you want up next going? Yeah. Um, I was, as much as the draft kind of fell, like, I feel like I got very lucky as in every time that I was picking, I was very happy of, I was never in the spot where, oh, I need this guy to fall one more spot, and, you know, this is the only guy I'm really eyeing up, and this is another spot where, I again, I, I wanted Cup, who went two picks ago, and I wanted Woods, who went one pick before me, but I was very happy to get Odell Beckham, who it did take in round four, because, as Tyler alluded to, he's a guy you're taking as your one in round four, who has that ability to finish as the wide receiver one for the year, and if you were to tell us at the end of the year, Odell or Robert Woods finished as the wide receiver one, I don't think anybody would really drop their jaws and be that shocked. So to be able to get them after securing three running backs was very, very, very nice to do. After me went Cam Akers, one of the one of the last guys who you really are even comfortable starting. I'm not sure I'd want to start Cam Akers from the jump week one. I think by season end, he will be. But judging by the way our draft goes, he had to take him here. Also with the structure of a lot structure of his lineup, having Saquon and then Akers as his two. That was a smart pick considering he had DeAndre and Godwin already. And now Sean was up next, already having Elliott, Kelsey, and Thielen on the roster. He can go any way here. He, you know, he still needs that wide receiver too. He still needs that running back too. He could jump in and just say, "Fuck it, snag another top quarterback." That way, he has kind of all the corners, uh, corners of the market done. But Sean, what did you end up going with here? So coming into this draft, um, again, I was a big advocate in securing two starting running backs. Um, I think things started to change for me very quickly come round two when I secured Kelsey. Because you kind of forget when you take a tight end, you know, you realize, oh, wait, I still need a running back and a receiver. But um, when you take a tight end, you also don't realize when you take Kelsey, he's still a number one receiver that you're getting at another position. So here, looking at it, I'm looking at the next available um, off the board, and I'm seeing that the running backs that are left are Devin Singletary. And again, this is in no particular order. This is just whoever, how you ever have it ranked. David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, and then we go a little bit further with Swift, Dobbins, White, and Marlon Mack. So me personally, knowing ADP and knowing how I need to format my team, I realize at this point, if I end up taking one of these running backs, I'm just basically just securing a position. I'm not really taking for value. I'm kind of beating myself down by just taking a player because I need to fill that roster spot. But when I think about it, I realize this is only one roster spot I'm punting. Um, We all know that there's a lot of injuries and there's a lot of people that have breakout seasons. So I think if I were to take a running back here, I would have actually punted at two positions. I would have punted at my flex, and I would have punted at my running back too because I still don't feel confident in starting Singletary on a week-by-week basis. So I decide, you know what, at this point, I'm just pretty much going to punt my second running back. Um, I have Elliott. He's pretty much one-and-a-half running backs, or at least I hope on a weekly basis. I'm going to punt that position, and I take A.J. Brown. We all know what he did last year halfway through. Um, I mean, you're going to see those numbers hopefully replicate, you know, more consistent going forward. I think when Tannehill came in, he only had two games less than six fantasy points. But overall, in our league, his fantasy points were 40, 30, 20, 20, 11. So you saw the value there. I never took A.J. Brown in any of my drafts because I don't think he ever made it back to me in the fourth. Um, but we can see the fact that running backs are flying off the board. You know, we got some value at the end of the fourth round. So I take A.J. Brown. I lock in my number two 
receiver. And then off the board to end the round goes Devin Singletary. So again, that next running back that was up, um, and pretty much to my mind, pretty much the last running back because we knew going into our draft, David Montgomery did get injured earlier in the week with a groin injury. Um, and again, we don't know how things were going to play out. So, you know, to me, really the last running back that's left. So looking at this right now, um, you know, we see many teams that have a, a solid foundation that have really their core players, two running backs, three running backs, two receivers, two running backs, whatever it may be. But there's some outliers speaking of myself. You know, I only, only have one running back. So we move on to round five. We move a little bit quicker. We see T.Y. go off the board, which was shocking to most of us due to just the, simply the talent that was left at receiver. You um, like your guy? You got to take him, I guess. I mean, he is a Colts fan, right? He is a Colts fan. He is a Colts fan. So there's his homer pick in the fifth. I don't know if I would have homered that early, but you know what? He takes T.Y. He thinks Phillip Rivers and that offense is going to kind of produce. So, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. I'm going to say there's better talent, but, you know, he takes T.Y., I'm back on the board, and I, again, still have this mentality where I'm going to punt that second running back. So I end up taking the guy that was on pace to beat Julio last year until he got injured. Um, you know, this is his, what, third year now? Um, third year so breakout. Yeah. Third year breakout for a receiver. So I take Calvin Ridley. I secure my flex position, which I think is a great value there. Next, we say DK Metcalf come off the board to Pete. So, again, me and Pete have a similar makeup, a little bit different. He's got a second running back, but you can see he's not – too concerned about how things are going with the running back position. Marty, you are up on the board. You yeah. have those three running backs. And Odell, what was your decision here? I was hoping DK would make it back. I kind of put my flag in that on that hill early in the offseason. I think I expect a top 10 finish out of DK this year. I'm, I've been just saying wide receiver 8 because that's where I feel comfortable saying I think DK is going to be wide receiver 8 coming into the year. So just hoping he would have made it one more pick. But uh, both Sean and Pete were smart, did not reach for a running back just based off team need, and said, you know what, I'm going to have a great flex rather than an okay RB2. Or Pete already had an RB2, so Pete said, I'm going to have a great flex receiver instead of reach for any kind of running back or running back depth. I, I like both picks, except for the fact that they came before me. I would have loved DK or Ridley, but as I said with the last pick, Great consolation prize. I will take DJ Chark. Wide receiver eight prior to getting injured last year. He will be my wide receiver two to complement my two running backs and my flex already. So I have a very standard draft. I went three running backs and two receivers to follow up. So you know what? I didn't pivot to any you know crazy strategy or jump on anybody too early, I don't feel. So I'm rolling with Odell and Chark as my receivers. Tyler followed me with, um, so we are in round five, pick five, having three running backs and a receiver on his roster, Tyler chose to go in the route of, did you hear me cock my thumb and shoot it when you sniped me? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted Chark so bad, I was, um, so I wanted so bad, but, um, I agree. Looked at what's left, um, and I was between um, Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen here. Um, I chose Keenan Allen. Uh, I think they're about the same, uh, but having Chris Carson, I didn't. I personally am not a believer in loading up on one team, mm-hmm. so I went with Allen. Uh, only thing that slightly scares me about Keenan Allen is the Tyrod situation. 
But, I mean, Keenan Allen is the type of player that makes his quarterback better. The quarterback doesn't make him better. Um, he will receive a massive amount of targets. And combine that with the Mike Williams injury. Just massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Williams yeah. hurt already. Um, every year, everyone says Hunter Henry's going to break out, but I've never seen it. Um, so I, I definitely think this is the safest, best pick I could have made here um, to provide that RB or wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a guy with such a safe floor of receptions and yards to go with, you know, an explosive three running backs plus that first receiver Robert Woods. That's that was a great. I I love that pick actually. So to round out the round, uh, pick six went Mark Andrews. Pick seven went David Montgomery. Pick eight went Tyler Lockett. Nine Sutton. Ten Kareem Hunt. Eleven Terry McLaurin. Twelve Devontae Parker. All right. So again, we're starting to see where that transition is taking place. Where we're starting to see more receivers go over those running backs that we kind of abused in those first three rounds. Um, again, we see our our team start to you know you know kind of see the bulk that meat and potatoes of the teams that are sticking up. There's definitely a lot of value left as we're going to see as teams go on. Um, right now, at this point, um, is there anyone's team that you're loving besides yourself? Um, does anyone real quick want to stand out? Is is there any team that you're finding that has some great value? Um, you know, with those first five picks right now. I'm pretty excited about Robert's team, honestly. I was, I was, I was, I was, yeah. gonna, I was gonna speak up and I, say the same thing. I just don't. Yeah. I just Drake is yet to be a proven commodity. I mean, I definitely see the upside and promise there. Uh, I love UJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson. It's 150 got, targets last year. Yeah, exactly. Allen Robinson falling to him as his wide receiver two was. If Monte Parker keeps it up, yep. I mean, that's a solid yeah. Player. So I think the first five rounds, I think we can all agree just real quick that Rob's got a very nice base to his team. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, I think the way you'll see him format it later will kind of, you know, it's not going to change anyone's opinion. Um, so round six comes along. Um, Roberts on the board first. He takes Zachary to kind of, you know, build that starting lineup. Um, would we have taken Zacherts? I probably would have skipped on. I probably would have maybe taken another depth elsewhere. But, you know, he tries to get that starting line because really at the, end, at the end of the week, that's what you need to form. You need to form your starting lineup. So it doesn't help good how, how great your depth is. you got to start forming your starting lineup. After Ertz go, we see two quarterbacks come off the board, Dak and Wilson. I personally can say for myself, I think if Dak made it to me at the end of the sixth, I probably would have taken him just because we do benefit a lot from quarterbacks in our league in comparison to other leagues. We are six points. You know, quarterbacks do score by far more than any position. But we saw Prescott. We saw Wilson. We saw Swift come off the board. And then we go Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Michael Gallup, and then Tyler's on the board. So, while I don't regret any pick, and I still feel confident about this pick, if there was anywhere in the pick I wish I could change, I would have went depth here. But instead, I went with the next best tight end, Darren Waller. Um, I have expressed my love for him in the other podcast. Yep. Um, there's definitely a lot of optimism coming his way, especially in that offense. I mean, he is probably the focal point outside of Josh Jacobs. Um they did bring in Jason Witten, but honestly, that doesn't scare me very much. Also, it kind of, in a weird way, I think it may help him. He can teach him some things, maybe, even. Yeah. 
Um, I, I definitely think that he is someone that will see over 100 targets. And out of my tight end position, that is something I love. Um, so, while I wish I took that, I'm still happy with the pick. Um, Marty, you were up next. Yeah, I, uh, I was sitting here thinking if Prescott or Waller made it to me, that would have been my pick. So, seeing both of them go prior to me, um, I kind of had to decide where to go. Um, I know I wanted running back depth because that is every year that, that comes down to make a huge difference. And I was stuck in the position, do I go with somebody like James White, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, who gives you a safe depth, or do I take somebody who I did take, which J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think he will find his way into a valuable role. I don't know how soon that is. Reports are coming out. It's going to be a significant role. I still don't know if that means he's going to be startable from week one. But I do believe that by halfway through the year, Dobbins will be a startable, at least flexible running back in an offense that led the league in rushing last year. And I expect him to do the same. So I went and decided to add on to my running back depth with J.K. Dobbins. I was followed up with Stephon Diggs by Pete. And then Sean was on the clock in the sixth round at pick 11. So at this point, again, I'd have Kelsey, I'd Elliot, Thielen, A.J. Brown, and Ridley. Um, again, and I pretty much said at the beginning I was trying to punt that second running back position. But at this point, you know, I kind of, again, have my starting lineup set. Um, there's not many receivers that are still on the board that I feel that I need to take here in the sixth round. There's still plenty of value, I think, but just more I would have hoped to make it back to me a little bit later. So I decided to go to a running back position, and I feel that when I took James White, I feel like it was a smart and valuable pick. I feel like he can, we can all honestly say he's the only running back that we are certain has its own stand, his own value. We know what he's going to be in that offense. He's going to be that third down. He's going to be that two-minute drill. He's going to be down if they're down. Um, so, again, I feel like he's the only certainty in that offense. Um, and hopefully Cam, we saw what he did with, um, you know, McCaffrey in, in a Carolina. Um, so I took James White as my RB2. Again, am I happy about it? No. But am I happy when I go up the board and I kind of see the team that I have built around James White? You know, I think I could live with it. Absolutely. Round six, we see Marlon Mack go off the board. And we're going to do one more round for a review. And then we're going to kind of talk about our overall breakdown of our team. So we see Marlon Mack come off the board, shocking the Colts fans of back-to-back Colts. Um, and then he takes a guy that I haven't seen go as early, and that's going to be Debo Samuel, who's been battling injury throughout the camp. Um, and then I'm back on the clock, and at this point, I'm starting to think, and I think I know my league, because again, you know, we can tell you don't draft at this position, it's too early, but again, if you know your league, you think you want to draft, how your league is going to come for. And I think here, in the 7th or 8th, looking at the value, I think quarterbacks are going to start flying off the board. So I decided I'd rather be at the front than rather be the last one to take a quarterback. And I decided to take Deshaun Watson here. Um, to me, again, he's probably number five, number six, depending on how you're looking at it. You can go back to back. I take, again, someone in my starting lineup. If there's a pick, as Tyler mentioned, I don't regret it, but there's maybe another direction I would have went. Seeing how the draft played out after it, Watson would have been the guy that I would have passed. And probably secured more depth here at running back, but I'll live with it. I think I take Watson on a weekly basis and a backup running back that I may play two weeks out of the season. So I take Watson. Next off the board was Brandon Cooks, who I did not think was going to go there. I would have loved to have him around eight if he made it back. 
And now, Marty, you're on the clock. So, again, you see you have four running backs and two receivers. What are you thinking here in the seventh round? Yeah, similar to last round where I thought I needed to add to the running back depth. Here, I just, you know, you never know with injury. You never know with anything. I wanted to add to the receiver depth, still seeing that this was probably the last four to five guys I like in this tier. Um, I was torn between Landry and Boyd. Landry, Boyd, Landry, Boyd. Could not decide. Ended up going Landry because of what he has shown year in, year out. Every year he gets kind of pooed on, shit on, just thrown down as his, oh, he, you know, he's going to regress this year. He seems to be flirting with 1,000 yards every year. I think two years under 1,000 yards, three years over 1,000 yards. So I went with Landry to secure that depth just to give me someone off the bench, or if I have to plug him in as a slot, I'm perfectly fine throwing Landry here. Um, Tyler was up next with, yeah, he already had his tight end secured, two receivers and three running backs, so he can, again, go depth here, secure another starter, and Tyler, who did you end up going with? I ended up going with Kyler Murray. Uh, I was really high on the upside of him, and I definitely thought when I saw Sean grab those blue stickers, that's who he was grabbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, over the last two years, I've been high on that whole year two quarterback thing. It's been, it's been exploding, so I definitely want to take that chance here. Um, definitely fill my roster because uh, our league QB is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I was debating on taking Fuller there. I really was. Mm-hmm. And I decided, um, I think Will Fuller will make it back. Um, to round out the round, he did not make it back. Um <laughs> But uh, taking a guy that has now Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Drake in the backfield, I definitely see the potential of a breakout. So, and then he's the rushing floor. He had 500 rushing yards last year. So, a mm-hmm. um, lot of optimism for me. Um, so, throughout the round, uh, six went Tyler Boyd, seven went Jordan Edelman, eight went Jordan Howard, nine, there's the Will Fuller pick. 10 was Tariq Cohen. 11 was Antonio Gibson. Definitely way higher. <laughs> yeah, way higher than anybody expected, but I guess, you know. I had to laugh. And then to round out the round, uh, Philip Lindsay went to Robert at 12. Yes. So, again, we're starting to see that. We're halfway through our draft. We're going to show you guys the full draft so you guys can see it. We're not going to go pick by pick because... Yeah. We feel like round seven is where, you know, you start to get those values. And outside of that, you know, it's really hard to judge someone for taking, you know, another quarterback in round 10 or, you know, this player around 11 because at this point it's kind of, you know, you take your best man, it's whoever you think. Mm-hmm. So what we want to end our draft with is kind of talking about the makeup of our teams real quickly. Maybe you guys can talk about another team that you like, maybe another team that you don't like, maybe talk about a, a team that you, you know, don't prefer. So... I'll start it since I was picked two. Um, basically, what I ended up doing with my draft is I ended up securing a lot of, you know, handcuffs. I grabbed Pollard to secure my Elliott. I grabbed Sony Michelle just to kind of secure that backfield. And then I took shots at running back, and I took actually a lot of flyer receivers. To me, um, I think what I did was true to say I think I punted RB2. Um, I don't really think I really got a running back two. I don't even think I got a running back three, but I feel confident with my starting lineup that I'm going to be rolling out there every single week. Um, in my division, I see a top quarterback. I got a top quarterback. Um, I don't see a top tight end, which makes me happy. And I also don't see a lot of depth at 
three of the four running back teams. You know, Marty's the only team that I think there's depth at running back. Mark's got Devin Singletary and Marlon Mack. Pete's got Cam Akers and Latavius Murray. Um, I feel Pete probably could have done something better. He took five receivers out of his six picks. You know, if he throws another running back in there at some point, maybe I like that more. But there's really not a lot of depth at running back in our division, which makes me a little bit happy about not taking, you know, another running back, kind of securing my team. So that's my point on mine. Uh, Marty, what about your team? How do you feel about the overall makeup of your team? Uh, yeah, I mean, through the first 10 rounds, I tried to just balance out my running back and receivers because I, after after pretty much Kyler went, I knew I wasn't going to take another quarterback for a couple rounds. I went Berger, and I went Cam Newton in 11 and 12 just to solidify that position. I figured, one, I like these two to have a chance of breaking out. I like both of these guys. I truly think one will. Uh, seeing Sean with Kelsey, that I did want Kelsey. I, I, sh- I knew he wasn't going to fall. I was kind of hoping. But um, I still like the chance. Tyler Higby, I, I, I wasn't big on him coming in, but grabbing, t- uh, grabbing him in the 13th, if there's even a chance that the last couple weeks of last year were not a fluke, I have a huge steal right there. Um, I went Alexander Madison in the ninth. was something I definitely did not plan, but in the event Cook does hold out, my running back five turns into probably a running back two. I did like that. Uh, yeah, so I kind of went with a very basic strategy. A lot of running backs and receivers. I didn't take anything other than that until pick 11. So... Very standard, but at the end, I took guys that I thought could break out and be league winners. Tyler followed me up at pick five. How'd you round out your team, Bowen? Uh, pretty much my upside after Murray. I went okay. with uh, Crowder, who was probably going to receive about 100 targets or so. Um, took Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, um, securing the rest of that. Yeah, so going to have backfield. A yeah, I don't know which guy's going to be the guy right now, Justin Jackson banged up, um, so maybe a potential breakout, especially if Eckler goes down. Especially if Eckler's in your division, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then uh, for the wide receiver, oh, and I also took Devontae Freeman, just in case he signs. That's big. Him for a week yeah. or two. Um, and then receivers, right on my roster, I have an upside, so Jerry, Judy, and Hartman. Um, it's easy to drop those guys if they don't show anything. Um, but I have Good feeling, especially with Judy, that you'll see that oh, yeah. upside pick early on. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much um, how I finish my bench. Is just going pure upside, um, able to drop if I have to. Yep, and I think that's what you're kind of doing late in the round, right? I mean, at the end of it, I can't say anything about well, Tyler, why'd you take Judy or why did I take Preston Williams? At that point, you're just taking players that you feel can round out your team. May benefit, but also guys that you could potentially drop, you know, week one or two if there's no one else. Um, I can tell you right now, I'm not a fan of making preseason acquisition moves. I'm sure Marty scarred after the Mahomes drop <laughs> yeah. two years ago. Don't um, get too trigger happy on the impulses. Exactly. It might seem like an obvious one. Do not do it. Exactly. So, just looking at it again, um, you know, we've been in this league for a long time. There's definitely a few teams that we like or we don't like. Um, but we'd like to hear your opinion. Um, I'm sure Famar Fitz going to love pick six. Oh, yeah. Um, I just have a really good feeling that he's going to love pick six. But, you know, if you guys have a favorite, if you don't have a favorite, if you don't love any of our teams, well, kind of tell us what you think we could have done better. Because I'm sure, again, there's areas of improvement for everything. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you it was a lot of fun uh, doing this draft. 
I think uh, doing this research and allowing my opinion to help out, it kind of, you know, made it a little bit easier. And honestly, I can say this right now. A few years ago, I probably would have jumped on that running back bandwagon and be like, let me take a running back. Everyone's taking running backs. Yeah. You know what? I got to do this. But, you know, understanding that you're going to find value, you know, you're only looking for one position rather than two positions, you know, makes it a little bit better. Um, but that is our draft. That is our dynasty draft. Um Eli is the champion. Why don't you tell us how you think his team looked out? He Will he up. repeat? Will he repeat? Does that team look like it can repeat? Um, but anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that three, you better hope one of those receivers don't go down because then it gets a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but let us know how you feel, Marty, Tyler, any last-minute take that you have um, before we say goodbye to our fellow, you know, fappers. Um... I fucking love my team. That's right. And I'm fucking excited. And we are one week from football. This is football. One week from football eve. Yep. And, uh, one week from football eve. Travis' team sucks. That's right. Travis, your team sucks. Travis, your team sucks. Yeah, let us know what you think. Hit us on Twitter at FantasyFaps. And it's at the Gmail at 3FantasyFappers at gmail.com on Facebook.com slash 3FantasyFappers. Let us know what team you think is the best. Let us know any picks you liked. And let, let us know how much you like my team because just looking at it, and it is fucking good, man. That shit is good. Let us know. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We are signing in. Enjoy.